0: You know, We live in a very, very aggressive life, lots of things to do, lots of people wanting our attention, lots of people wanting to speak into our situations, but sometimes too many voices bring confusion. And so the goal of this afternoon is healthy voices and healthy choices. We need to learn to know who our true friends are. We need to know who the people are in our lives that are going to build us up, that are going to stretch us, that are going to encourage us, that are going to motivate us to grow in everything that God has for us. You know, in Proverbs 14 verse 15, it says, the simple believe everything. Which is a very sobering proverb for us to consider today, but the reality is that trust will define every single relationship that you find yourself in. The measure of that trust. Trust breeds loyalty. Loyalty is often missing from our friendships today. And what I want us to achieve today is covenant partnership, not convenient friendships. Trust must also be earned, not expected. We need to learn this afternoon to surround ourselves with people who require us to earn their trust. In a marriage, in any significant relationship, you always have to be accountable for your time and for your whereabouts. And we will find through the scriptures that the Bible is essentially God's ruler, God's eternal accountability. And so for us today, the goal is to move away from performance-based relationships and start to embrace what God has for us where we can be real in every single moment and in every single situation. So why don't you take a moment now and consider the three closest friends that you have in your life. How much do you trust them? Think about it. Are they merely your best friend because you've known them for 20 years? Or because they agree with everything you say? That's easy trap to fall into. Why do you trust them? Have they proven their trust or have you given them more trust than they've actually proven in your relationship with them because that's often a mindset that we can fall into. Discernment is always key in every single relationship that you find yourself in. It is a gift from God. The greatest love that we should know is someone who loves us enough to confront us. Real friends will always tell us what we need to hear and not what we want to hear. Don't know about you, but I used to have a lot of friends that would give me the latter. If I wanted to do something, if I was out, maybe in places and scenarios where I shouldn't be, I would always go with a group of friends who would egg me on. Ever heard the phrase, egged on? Baited to do something because those friends would always tell me, hey, this is what you should do. This, if it feels right, go for it. But your real friends will always protect you. Always protect your interests, always cover you, always protect your integrity, always seek the best for you so that you can flourish in everything that God has for you. So let me give you four characteristics of a genuine friendship. Number one, unconditional love. A true friend loves at all times. Regardless of what you do, regardless of what happens, regardless of where life takes you, a true friend loves at all times. On your worst day, even when you're not fun to be around. And that can happen for some of us today. Number two, unwavering support. In the day and age we live in, it's easy come, easy go. Someone puts a political status on Facebook, or somebody highlights something else, or something happens in life where it's easy just to cut them off. We often just go easy come, easy go, right click, block, problem solved. Right? Delete them from the phone, no more issues for us. But that doesn't deal with what's going on in our heart. And I think God wants to do some heart surgery, a bit like that that video. I think for me the best line was sometimes to add to your life You don't add to it, you subtract from it. The negative thoughts, the negative friendships, the people in our lives that aren't building us up so that we can become all that God has called us to be. But unwavering support, even when you've fallen, true friends are always in it for the long haul. They don't check out when things get tough. They don't check out when the situation that you find yourself in doesn't give them the best opportunity to pour into your life. Real friends will always give you unwavering support. They are always in your corner. When you call, when you're in trouble, They come. Ask yourself that question again, those three friends of yours, your three best friends. Do they fulfill that in your life? Do they help build you up? Do they sustain you in those moments? True friendships may also only be for a season. There comes time in life where you go through different seasons, different rhythms of life, and maybe someone was there for a season, and then they move to a different country, or they get married, and something else changes. Celebrate that. Celebrate that person, but recognize that you don't always have to try and make every single friendship work. And make it last as long as we want them to. Relationships have to be consistent. Consistent. And that's where we grow. But also, a third point, is there must be a willingness to challenge. You know, um, it was mentioned at the 11 o'clock, so I guess I can mention it today. Yesterday, I was formally ordained as a reverend, which is great. So thank you. Thank you very much. And... And one of the things that I took the time, one of the people, rather, I took the time to thank was the person who led me to the Lord. He had known me, he's known me for almost 30 years of my life, which is basically since I was born, plus five, Um, who's counting? (laughs) Um, Now, this guy didn't just talk to me about Jesus, this guy showed me Jesus. He connected me to the Father's heart. You know, often so many times we like to explain something, but it's so much better experienced. So much better experienced. Because in that moment, it becomes personal to you. And he took the time, and this guy put in yards. This guy challenged my attitude, my selfishness, my terrible behavior, my language. I mean, just about every area of my life, this guy did not give up. Why? Because he was committed to seeing me grow. Which means you've got to go through the hard yards. You've got to be prepared to be challenged. Your heart's got to be open to being challenged. Otherwise, nothing will change. And it's in those moments that your real friends will speak into your life. It's in those moments that your real friends will lift you up. It's in those moments that you will find who your real friends are. The people that just passively accept anything and everything that you say, they are not your real friends. They are fair-weather friends. Easy come, easy go. They're not with it. They're not with you in the hard parts of life. The Bible's very clear, iron sharpens iron. True friends will always correct you if it's needed. Make no mistake, the question often is what happens is we fall into offense. You know, ever, ever, anyone ever given the phrase, who are you to tell me that? It's called offense. That's what you're saying. You're saying you're offended in that moment. Now, it could be that you haven't given that person permission to speak into your life. Well, whose fault's that? It's not that person's. That person is looking to encourage you. That person loves you enough to say, hey, I want to lift you up. I want to help you raise and get to higher ground so that you can become all that God has called you to be. Proverbs 27 verse 5 says, better an open rebuke than hidden love. Wow. Friends will not let you injure yourself or others if they can intervene. They will not remain silent on what you need to hear, but it will always be shared with the deepest sense of love. It will always protect. True love always protects. But the fourth element is that we must be full of grace. Grace. True friendships weather difficult times in relationships, forgiving when needed and loving each other even when it hurts. A true friendship is never one-sided. Both friends are always willing to lay down the life for the other, which means grace must be present. Grace is always freely and generously given. So let's have a look in the scriptures briefly at a couple of bad friendships. Obvious one, we all could think of Judas, right? He would be a great example. Behave like a best friend. Said he was loyal, said he was committed, but what did he do? He put his own agenda and his own self interests above everything else. He followed Christ everywhere, but he continually faked it. Another option would be Pharaoh's cupbearer. He had no idea how to show appreciation or thankfulness. Spent time in prison with Joseph. Joseph assured him of freedom and of a fresh start. And yet the Bible says in Genesis 40, quote, unquote, he did not remember Joseph, he forgot him the moment he left prison. I wonder if there's anyone here that's had some friends in situations like that. They just forget about you the moment you've helped them out of their situation. Those are examples of bad friendships. Let's give some examples of good friendships. One for the ladies, Ruth. Loyal, even when times got tough. Her mother-in-law Naomi lost her own husband and both of her sons, and Naomi did what most people would do in that moment. She retreated, she isolated, she shrunk away to deal with her grief even telling Ruth to stay behind. But yet, even in her own distress, what did Ruth say? She was having none of it. She says, where you go, I go. Where you stay, I stay. That's a hallmark of a very good friend. They will be with you in the ups and the downs, through the highs and the lows, the valleys and the mountaintops, the good times and the bad. One for the men, Jonathan, he risked his life, happy to do so for his friend, did everything. He demonstrated exceptional Friendship to David saying, whatever you want me to do, 1 Samuel 20, I'll do it for you. That's the hallmark of a good friend. They step in when everyone else steps out. To discern what is good or authentic in our friendships, we need to deploy a few tests. One, the test of time. I'm very lucky. My two best friends I've known for 30 years. That's the exception, not the rule. Most friendships, it's not like that. But the test of time is very, very important because people, systems, and values can shift. Unless, of course, you're an Arsenal fan. Amen? We are loyal. Can I get an amen from the Arsenal guys over here? Amen? Come on. But people and values shift with time, which means that we need to give opportunity and space for people to prove their worth, to demonstrate their integrity. Very, very important test of time. Don't simply accept a new friendship because it's new. That's an easy trap. Because it's new, let's just accept it. Keeping your word can make or break a relationship. Listen to what you say when you make promises to people. Is it a promise? Is it an expectation? Is it an assurance? The test of tempo, second option. All well and said, being gifted and talented, but it should be in a point where we shouldn't cost us our relationship or our health in achieving a goal. So if we're running and we're putting in hard yards day after day, week after week, month after month into a relationship or into a friendship and it's not going anywhere, stop it, please. They don't want the level of friendship that you want and that's okay, but you can't force the friendship. You can't make somebody be your best friend. The Lord will always call us to make intentional, healthy options. The enemy will try and convince you to do it now. There's no rhythm to that. There's no pace to that. There's no steadiness to that. It takes time. The test of motive, the third one. This for me is very important because out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. So someone's motivation towards you is going to be very very significant. Why do they want to be friends with you? Why do they want to know your challenges? Why do they want to know your life situation? Is it so they can gossip a bit like the guy on the video was saying? Is it so they can use the information against you? What is the purpose? So the test of motive is very, very important. Avoid anyone who demonstrates greed, envy, jealousy, or pride. Start with why. Why do they want my friendship? Why do they want to know what's going on in my life? Because it's in those moments you will capture their heart. You will understand what's really going on. Because if ego and arrogance is there, then God is not in it. So what's good, what's good for you in that moment? Not much. The Holy Spirit will always lead you on this. He will give you clarity and not confusion. Don't ignore motives when you sense that it might cause your peace to shift negatively. Make no mistake, regardless of how incredible or persuasive or convincing someone or something can appear, it can still fool you if you lack discernment or wisdom. The test of truth, number four. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, if what they're saying doesn't line up with Scripture, we chuck it out. Amen? We don't try and say, oh yeah, but it sounds nice, it sounds good, no, no, no. If it doesn't line up, we chuck it out. White is white, black is black, two plus two is four, every day of the week, in every language, no question. We can't start shifting stuff around to satisfy our own needs, to satisfy our own desires, to satisfy what's going on in our heart in that moment. Deception can always creep in subtly. In a court of law, if anyone has ever testified in a court of law, you're obliged, if you want to, to put your hand on the Bible And you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So it's not your variation of the truth. It's the totality of the truth. Straight down the line. Your best friends will always call it straight down the line. The test of scripture is also important. Take time to familiarize yourself with stories of well-intentioned kings and priests who fell into traps. Deception is real. People will try and make you fail. People will try and tear you down. A lot like that video was saying, why are people in your lives? Are they there to build you up or are they there to tear you down? And some of us, we need to do some pruning because there are people in our lives that shouldn't be in our lives. There are situations that we allow ourselves into that we shouldn't allow ourselves into. And the end result is always distress, despair, disappointment, turmoil. And I've been there. I used to run around before I became a Christian. There was about eight or 10 guys that I ran around with and we did absolutely everything together. Everything. We went to the casinos together. We went on holidays together. We went shopping together. We did, you know, everything, absolutely everything. And we egged each other on to do an incredible array of terrible things. Crimes, you name it, I did it. The reality is now, 15 years later, 10 of us, I know three went to jail. I know two have died. Where the other five, four or five are, I couldn't tell you. But that's the reality. Because if that's the path that we allow ourselves to take, then that's the end result every single time. And it's real. Bad company corrupts good character every single time. And it's very, very sobering when I look back on parts of my life where I was not well-intentioned, I was not intentional about making positive choices, and I was on a path of self-destruction, and I signed up for it. We need to learn who your true friends are. I thank God for the people that God has put in my life, the people that speak the truth, the people that challenge parts of my heart, the people that challenge my attitude, and and my desire, and my motivation for stuff, and it's sobering because it reflects a real lens into my life, because we often think we're doing better than we are, Right? When we look at our lives, we look at our situations, we think we're doing better than we are. But actually, God is wanting us to break out into fresh levels of freedom. He's wanting us to press in to real friendships that lift us up, that challenge us, that confront us, that build us up in the things of God so that God can be glorified in every single area of our lives. Because if God isn't being glorified in every single area of our lives, then there are parts of our lives that are not given over to God. And God is a jealous God. He wants everything. He wants all our life, all the time. And so the goal for us today is to decide who our friends are. Who are your real friends? Who are the people in your life that you know when the... Robber hits the road. I was going to use another expression there. Forgive me. Grace, Lord. Grace. Grace. When the robber hits the road... Who's standing there for you? Who are the people that you know, that you know, that you know, you can call, and they're going to be there? Because might have been ordained yesterday, but I've been around for a little while, and I can tell you this much. When the rubber does hit the road in people's lives, as far as I can tell, they only look for two qualities in people. Someone who is authentic or genuine, and someone who's dependable and reliable. You don't need a theology degree. You don't need to have been in the church for 20 years. You don't need to be the sharpest knife in the kitchen. You just need to be authentic. And you need to be consistent. That's it. It's a bit like Pastor Colin. He spoke about today just the, 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 the ability to be present in someone's life. Attending. Physically attending. Which means your cell phone is switched off. Yeah? You're not uploading to Instagram every five minutes whilst you're talking to your parent best friend about their impending divorce. Because in that moment, you're not letting them know that they're the most important person in the room. So why are you there? Don't go to tick a box. Go because you want to speak into their life. Go because you want to add value to their life. Go because you want to just be an ear into their life to help them through the situation that they find themselves in. And that's the call. That's what God wants of us. That's what God desires for us. Surround yourself with genuine friends who are able to spot the traps, also known as blind spots, in our lives. I mean, you can know, I've said it twice now, I've got a blind spot. I'm an Arsenal fan. We're never going to win anything, right? (laughs) And that's okay. But that's a blind spot, I would argue. But no, serious, serious comment. We need to understand that we have blind spots in our lives, in our thinking, in the way we respond to people, in the way we are challenged. If you, if you never find yourself wanting to be challenged, it's because you've got very, very comfortable with where you are. And you've settled. You've settled for mediocrity. You've settled for simplicity. You've settled for an easy life. God never calls us to an easy life. He calls us to a life that gives him honor, that gives him glory. Amen? Yes. Very good. To make better decisions in following God, we must continually remember that he is both a compassionate father and a consuming fire, which means intentionality here is crucial. We have to get out in front on this stuff, or we're going to get bogged down by mediocre friendships for the rest of our lives. A reactionary life never goes anywhere. If you're always one step behind, if you're always responding to a situation in your life, you are never going to get very far, because you're going to spend your whole life playing catch-up, And yet God wants you out in front. God calls you the head, not the tail. Accountability here is very important because it shields you against self-deception. What is accountability? Well, I would argue the best people to show it are probably these young kids here. They're 7, 8, 9, 10, 12 years old. I bet they come home from school when they do well in their grades or they've run track and field and got a medal or they did well in their art exam and the first thing they want to do is tell mom or dad, Hmm? They don't wait to be told. Am I, guess, am I right? They don't wait to tell you. They'll tell you straight away that I did well at this or I did well at that. Why? Because for them it's natural. But something happens as we get older. We, we choose to become less accountable. Why is that? It's because we've allowed ourselves to be hurt by the people that we're meant to love. And we've allowed our situations to take over and take control where actually, when we build healthy accountability, God is glorified. Accountability is important, it's everywhere in the scriptures. Grant permission to your friends every single week to be transparent. I have them. I have people, they can take my cell phone, they can go through my internet history, they can read every message, they can look at every photo, I can sign into my computer, they've got full access. Why? Not because I'm a goody-two-shoes, but because I'm saying, hey, I want to be accountable to you, so that if there is a, a challenge or if there is an issue in my life, you can, you've got permission to challenge me on it. But if we say you can't do that, automatically we're squirrelling off and hiding off areas of our life. And then how on earth can we make healthy choices if we've got so many parts of our life that are unhealthy? And the very people who are healthy that want to speak into that, we bar from speaking into our life. It doesn't work, and we end up in a vicious cycle. You, they should feel comfortable to continually check your friendship, your behavior, and your language. To do this, we need to love each other, and that's the problem. Why we shut ourselves off from people is because we don't believe they love us. We don't believe they have our best interests at heart. And so we shield away from them. Being in love is often much more popular today than actually loving. All right? Whilst being in love is passive, loving people is active and sacrificial. For every single disappointed friendship we have had today, I believe that God has ordained a new appointment. I believe there are people in this room that don't even know each other, that can be friends with each other if we're intentional about building healthy friendships. Do not be afraid to open up. Do not be afraid to allow yourself to be accountable to people near you. Peace in your friendships is priceless. Don't allow people, things or situations to disrupt that. Sometimes people don't understand your worth, but there are going to be people who are hoping and praying that you do not understand your worth but our reality, our goal today is we need to know our value. We need to know our worth so that we can walk in the fullness of everything that God has for us so that we can flourish in our friendships. So some action points. So You can take notes if you've not been taking them now. One, who are your closest and your most influential friends? Think about their names for a minute. If I was to meet them, what would I find out about them? Would I know straight away that they're truthful? Would I know that they demonstrate integrity? Do they have your best interests at heart? Inspect what you expect in every friendship. Move beyond maintenance mode. It's another problem that we fall into today. I mean, I'm not married, so anyone that's married here, step in and help me. But I'm pretty sure for anyone that's married, you didn't just get to a point where it's like, all right, I'll deal with her, that's fine, and you're happy with being 20 years married, but the relationship was from when you were dating. You always want to increase and develop who that person is, your partner, all the way, right? With time, it grows and develops and enhances. So why do we fall into maintenance mode in our friendships? Because we reach a plateau, we reach a level where we go, that's enough. That's as much as I'm going to let you in, or that's as much as I'm going to trust you, that's as much as I'm going to allow you to speak into my life, and yet God wants to do so much more. It's limitless. We need to allow ourselves to go beyond that. Continually reflect on the dynamics and the purpose of your friendships. Do these people champion you? You know, you often hear the phrase, you know, watch for the people that don't clap when you do well. There's a few people here I need to talk to afterwards. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but that's the reality. Because often we live in a very competitive world where people want to see you succeed, but just not more than them. Right? Sorry if that cut, but it's true. So you need to consider your friendships in those moments. Be bold enough to cut away toxic friendships. I changed my mobile phone number somewhere between 7 and 10 times after I became a Christian. Very intentionally, by the way because I was running around with a bunch of people that were not good for me. And some of you know the story, but the reality was on my 17th birthday, just before my 17th birthday, my mother said to me, at the rate you're going at, and mothers always know best, don't they, um, you're gonna be in a gutter or you're gonna be behind prison bars by the time you're 21. Because of the lifestyle that I was living. Part of the lifestyle I was living because it was part of the friendships that I was involved in. But if you're gonna cut away the friendships, you can't just, delete them off Facebook, and then hang out with them in the nightclub, right? You need to cut everything away. You need to change and filter out your mobile numbers, deactivate your Facebook, take down your Instagram, rebuild a new one, make it private if you have to, lock it up so nobody can find you. (laughs) Seriously. Hey, honestly, straight off the bat, I've probably got 10 or 15 people in my life that I still am in contact with before I became a Christian because I decided, if I'm going to live for Christ, then He's going to have hundred percent of me. And if He's going to have hundred percent of me, I can't have one foot in the world and go clubbing on Saturday night and then come to church on Sunday. It doesn't work. It's all or nothing. And so you need to have the confidence and the boldness to cut away those toxic friendships. It's the only way you're going to grow. It doesn't work any other way. As I said, bad cor- company corrupts good character. Everyone cannot be your friend. Everyone cannot be in your space. Everyone cannot have access to you. Another key point learn to guard your heart. If you imagine, like, a dartboard, that's the circle of life. The dartboard in the middle, the the, the bullseye, that's you and your walk with Christ. That's the most valuable, that's the most precious thing. Second circle out, that's your children, if you're married. That's your wife or husband, that's your parents, that's your brother or sister, et cetera. Then you've got your next circle. Those are your close friends, those are the people you're tight with, those are the people you kick ball with, et cetera. And then you've got the people you work with, and then you've got the people you know on the bus, that you run into every now and then, and then there's the person that serves you coffee at Starbucks, then you've got the, you know, and it goes out and out and out and out. The problem is we're giving a lot of access to people that are in like circle four or five, in circle two, and you wonder why you get hurt. Well, you gave them too much access. You gave them too much space in your life, and then you wonder why you get hurt, and God is calling us today to move forward so that we can flourish in everything that God has for us, because the healthy voices will help us make those healthy choices. Don't allow yourself to fall into the trap of what I used to do, and that would run around and talk to anyone and everyone until you heard what you wanted to hear, and then it justifies your behavior. Right? So I would fall into that trap where I want to go clubbing, shall we say. I never did that, just once or twice. And I'd ask my best friend, and he'd say, no, that's not what Christians do. Okay, then you go to the next person, the next person. Until I found someone that said, well, you're not really sinning, you know, as long as you don't get drunk. And Oh, yeah, there's my ticket. That's my ticket. That doesn't work. It doesn't work, friends. We need to position ourselves where we're vulnerable to the right people, that we know that we know that we know that we know have our best interests at heart so that we can grow in all that God has for us. Otherwise, we will end up living, like I said, a reactionary life. Or at best, you will live a very, very confused life where you hear lots of different people saying lots of different things and you end up doing a bit here, a bit there, or you end up doing nothing. And yet God wants us to move forward. Amen?